For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government is upon his shoulders, and his name is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let us pray. Father, as we open your word this night and remember the deeds that you have done for us in Jesus Christ, we ask that you would now send forth thy Holy Spirit to come and meet us where we are. Father, you know where each person is tonight in their journey, and we ask that you would meet each person where they need to be met this evening. Come, Holy Spirit, and do your work among us. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. An elderly Florida woman did her Christmas shopping, and upon returning to her car, found four young men in the act of leaving with her vehicle. She dropped her shopping bags, drew her handgun, and proceeded to scream at the top of her voice, I have a gun, and I know how to use it. Get out of the car. The four teenagers didn't wait for a second invitation. They got out and they ran. The lady, somewhat shaken, then proceeded to load her shopping bags into the back of the car and get into the driver's seat. See, She was so shaken that she couldn't get her key into the ignition. She tried and tried, and then it dawned on her why. A few minutes later, she found her own car parked four spaces (laughs) further down in the parking lot. So she loaded her bags into the car and drove across the street to the police station to report her mistake. The sergeant to whom she told the story couldn't stop laughing, and he pointed to the other end of the counter where four pale and shaken teenagers... (laughs) were reporting a carjacking by a, <laughs> by a mad elderly woman described as white, less than five feet tall, glasses, curly white hair, and carrying a large handgun. <laughs> no charges were filed. <laughs> it's Christmas, and there are many bizarre stories in the news, and hopefully you have finished your shopping, wrapped all your presents, cooked all your brownies, And you're ready to celebrate the true meaning of the holiday. We've gathered tonight to remember and to celebrate the birth of Jesus, which occurred a little more than 2,000 years ago. An event which transformed history. An event which transformed reality. And an event which has transformed my life and I know many of your lives as well. The birth of Jesus was a supernatural birth. The birth of Jesus was really a miraculous birth. The birth of Jesus was an intervention into the natural order by the divine. God, who is beyond time and space, entering into time and space. God, who has no body, becoming flesh and blood. God, who no one was able to see his glory and live, reveals his glory in the human race. No birth has made a difference in people's lives as the birth we celebrate tonight. No birth has impacted the world for good more than the birth that we celebrate this night. The Gospel of Luke tells us that God entered into his very creation by being born as a baby. A baby who would be a savior. A baby who would be given the name Jesus. A baby who would be called the Christ, meaning the Messiah, the anointed one. 
to the secular culture of that day, this birth was no different from many others. A poor woman with no place to stay. A child born out of wedlock. Just another baby. To the secular culture of our day, this birth is no big deal. Just a time to make money off of sales. Or time to take holiday or time to spend with family and friends. However, this birth was a long-awaited-for birth. This was a birth which had been foretold and documented many times and in many ways. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, the prophets had predicted the coming of Messiah for hundreds of years before. Moses spoke that of all the, of the 12 tribes of Israel, the Messiah would come to a specific tribe, the tribe of Judah. Samuel, of all the families in the tribe in the lineage of Judah, he prophesied which family? The lineage of David. Micah, of all the cities in the world where the Messiah could be born, he prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Daniel, of all the years humanity has known, he prophesied when the Messiah would be born. Between 400 years and 500 years after his lifetime, during that time period. Isaiah, of all the things the Messiah could do, he prophesied what the Messiah's ministry would be. That he would proclaim salvation, heal the sick, care for the poor, and die as an offering for sin. And the prophet Zechariah, of all the deaths a person could die, he prophesied how he would die, that he would be raised up and pierced through. And David in Psalm 16, he prophesied that he would not remain dead, that his body would not decay. And then Isaiah 9, 6 tells us who the Messiah would be. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government is upon his shoulders, and his name is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A babe who is Almighty God, a babe who is Everlasting Father, a babe who is the Prince of Peace. Yes, for hundreds of years, the Hebrew people waited, and then the long-awaited birth occurred. But many people missed it. Many missed it then, and sadly, many miss it even now. On that night years ago, an angel and a heavenly host appeared to the shepherds who were in the fields. They were out working the sheep, and they said this. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So the shepherds then made the trek into Bethlehem to find out what was going on. And there they find Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Of course, they didn't know what the details of this baby's life would be. That this child would grow up to be a great teacher for God. 
that this child would grow up and be a miracle worker, that this child would grow up and heal the sick, bring dead people back to life, and challenge the religious establishment of his day, that this child would offer his life as a sacrifice for sins, be crucified on a Roman cross, and then rise again from the dead. No, this was no ordinary birth. God has entered our world to tell us, us humans, that we are loved. God has entered our world to tell us that we're significant to him. God has entered our world to tell us that we're important to him. God has entered our world to tell us he desires relationship with him. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord is born. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now this text from Luke chapter 2 verse 10 tells us several things which I think are still appropriate for us today. The first thing we see here in this text is the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. This baby was not born just for the Jewish people because he was Jewish. He was born for all the people. This baby was not born just for Middle Easterners. He was born for all the people. This baby was not born just for the rich or the poor but for all people. This baby was not born just for the political and social and intellectual elites. He was born for all the people. Some people want to believe that Jesus is only for their type of people, for their group, for their race. Other people want to believe that Jesus isn't relevant anymore to anybody. Our society is too advanced for primitive religion. After all, we have cell phones and the internet and modern medicine and rocket science and digital pictures. We can even wage war now on our computers and satellites. Yet we still see the results of the fall of humankind in the Garden of Eden. Such blatant and malicious evil still rears its face. Just look at what we've seen in Syria and Iraq during the past year. Innocent people beheaded because they were not Muslim or the right kind of Muslim. Babies sliced in two with a sword because their Christian parents wouldn't convert. Look at the kidnapping and rapes and brutal killings we've seen in Nigeria and Kenya and the Sudan. In Pakistan, just last week, a school was targeted in Peshawar. And according to its bishop, who happens to be a friend, not only were all those children killed, but the way in which they were killed was so brutal and so inhumane, to use his words, no human being with any fear of God could do such a thing. Evil is rampant in our culture as well. Murder, theft, rape. Go listen to what the local family department of family and children's services has to face every day and the atrocities people are doing to their own children. I saw a video clip of guys who steal women's purses while they're pumping gas. While the lady's pumping gas, she's at the rear of the car, putting gas in her car. Well, they sneak up on the other side of the car and open the passenger door and grab her purse and run. 
To those who say that Jesus is not relevant anymore, the scriptures say that he's not only the solution for the evil of this world and the evil in the hearts of human beings. What the angel is announcing here is that it doesn't matter whose heart. The good news is for all people. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. A second thing the angel told the shepherds is that a Savior had been born. A Savior. A Savior is an advocate. A Savior is a redeemer. A Savior is someone who helps someone when there's a critical need. A Savior saves. This baby is a Savior And he saves us in many ways, but the primary way is he saves us from our sins. You and I have all been touched by sin. Our own sin and the sin of others. We've been touched by hatred, by selfishness, by immorality. We've been touched by materialism, by lies, by racism, by pride. And what is more incredible is that none of us can stand before a mirror of God's perfection and say that we are ourselves are without sin. All of our hearts are tainted. Each one of us has sinned and fallen short of God's standard and his glory. At some point, each one of us has said in no uncertain terms, God, I don't want you in my life. Most of us dress it up. I was having a bad day. This little lie won't hurt. One look isn't going to do anybody any harm. No one will know if I took it. But you don't know what they have done to us. It's still sin. And because we're all tainted with it, we need a Savior. And Matthew, in telling of this incredible story in his version of the gospel, he tells us what this Savior was to do once he was born. In Matthew 121, the angel is appearing to Joseph after Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. Well, this angel appears to him, explains what's going on. In Matthew 121, he says, You are to give him the name Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. Jesus. The Hebrew word is Yeshua or Joshua, meaning the Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my Savior. That's his name. This baby, the Savior, will save people from their sins. The prophet Isaiah, 600 years before the birth of Jesus, spoke on God's behalf about this Messiah who was to come. Isaiah 53, he says this, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that is what this baby did as a suffering servant on a Roman cross 33 and a half years later. God entered our mess of sin in order to save us. He has the power to change us and cleanse us and and remove the sin out of our life and clean up the human heart. The angel told the shepherds that a Savior had been born. A third thing we see in this verse 
is that the angel told the shepherds that God himself was going to be born. And this is the most radical piece of it all and the most incredible piece of it all. He writes, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He is the Christ, the Messiah. He is the Lord. This is what the church has called in history, the incarnation. God entering the human race in the person of Jesus, this baby. This baby was to be fully God and fully human at the same time. The Son of God and the Son of Man at the same time. Christianity does not teach that Jesus was just another human being. Christianity does not teach that Jesus was just another prophet or just another religious leader. Christianity does not teach that Jesus was just another do-gooder. Christianity teaches that this baby was both God and human at the same time. That in him was God himself. The very glory of God, the very essence and presence of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, as John says. And as the creed says, God from God, light from light, very God from very God. C.S. Lewis expresses it this way after studying the life and the teachings of Jesus. He said, if a person honestly examined this man's life and his teaching, he'll come to one of three conclusions. That Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or he was the Lord. Was he a liar? He said he was God. He said if anyone looked at him, they'd seen the Father. He said that he and the Father were one. He said that he was the Messiah. He said that he had the power of life and death. He said that he could forgive sins. Was he a liar? Lewis points out his teaching, his movement, and his followers espouse truth and honesty. He says, how could a man who did the things that he did be a liar? Then he asked the question, was he a lunatic? Anyone who said the kinds of things Jesus said today, we would think was crazy. There are many mental health institutions today that have people committed who are saying the same things Jesus said. I personally heard them, many of them. Yet Jesus was able to back up the things he said. He did do miracles. He did heal people. He brought people back from the dead. His teachings and principles became the foundation of what we call, or what was, Western civilization. And have impacted hundreds of millions of lives, if not more. Lewis concludes that if a person takes an honest look at Jesus, she will rule out that he was a liar and that he was a lunatic. And come to the conclusion that he was and is who he claimed to be. The Lord, God Almighty, the Messiah. Now I know for some of you, this may be a little difficult to swallow but I want to encourage you to examine the facts. I mean, look at the impact of this baby on history. Look at this impact of this baby on human lives. I like to look at it this way. Have you ever considered how life would be different on this planet if this baby had not been born? Set aside spiritual salvation for a minute, that issue. And let's apply the theme from the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. To the life of Jesus. 
What would our planet be like if he'd never been born? His presence and his teaching have empowered Christians in every generation for the past 2,000 years to change the course of history. Western civilization was built on the teaching of Christ. Many of the great art works of our world came from those seeking to tell the glory of God. So much of the great classical music came from musicians seeking to glorify God in their music. The first scientists were Christians who wanted to understand God's world better and declare his glory. Care for the sick and for the needy brought the building of hospitals and research for medicines and better treatments. The whole concept of personal and religious liberty comes from the pages of the New Testament. You don't have personal and religious liberty where there's not a foundation of Christianity in our world. Show me where it exists. The founders and architects of this country spoke of building a nation on the principles of Jesus Christ so that freedom would blossom. Historically, some of the best universities in this country were founded to train and educate people to preach the gospel. Teach people how to preach. Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Brown, just to name a few. We could go on and on. How would this planet be different if this baby had never been born? And I submit to you that life would be a lot different. And on a personal basis, I submit to you, my life would be a lot different. I hope you don't, like so many throughout history, miss the Messiah, the Lord of God. If you've never received God's gift to the world, this Jesus, into your life, I want to encourage you tonight to invite him into your life. And then join us in a few minutes when we gather at the table where we'll rejoice and remember all that he's done for us. We'll commune with him. We'll anticipate the day in which we're going to share in his heavenly banquet. Perhaps you're here tonight and you once walked with the Lord, but something in life or someone in life got you sidetracked. And you're no longer walking with him. Well, why not refresh it tonight? Renew that relationship. Get right with him tonight. And then come and join us at the banquet table of the Lord. For unto us a child is given. To us a son is given. And the government is upon his shoulders. And his name is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's message and previously aired messages, where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. Awordfromthelord.org has audio archives of Foley Beach's one-minute radio feature and much more. So visit awordfromthelord.org for audio, articles, and information about the ministry. You can find A Word From The Lord on Facebook, and be sure to click the Like button to follow our feed on Facebook. You'll want to be sure to visit Foley's blog at bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. On the blog, you can read the many articles posted by Dr. Beach. Many of these blog entries are excerpts and full articles published in local publications. You can also follow Foley on Twitter, 
His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at a word from the Lord.org. Again, his email is foleybeach at a word from the Lord.org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A Word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. And we thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.